wearing a Florida State shirt. What is up, everybody? Yes, Dean, I'm also wearing a Florida State shirt. It is okay. I promise you this. Everybody's wearing a Florida State shirt here. Dean, I'm glad we didn't catch that little bit of boo-boo before we went live. My man, it's Coach AB here, not Brendan Sinone. I got Zach. I got Dane. We are going to do a little OTB live because, holy crap, it was official visit mania at Florida State this weekend. I'm going to do my best to get us through this. I'm going to try not to be a fanboy, but I want to know everything everybody in this chat wants to know right now because I'm thirsting for recruiting knowledge and information. Um, We're going to get into it soon. I want to... First, shout out the sponsors, and I'm going to do my best here. I've never done an ad read for these, so I don't have anything in front of me. Zach hit me up like a half hour ago, like, yo, let's go live. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. I appreciate Um, it. Chattanooga whiskey, obviously. These guys have drank a ton of it, as you can tell right now. Like, (laughs) Zach looks like he just got over a bender of official visit madness and Chattanooga whiskey. Dane Dane said he looks like a ghost. I think it's because you drank so much Chattanooga whiskey this weekend, Dane. Probably, yeah. Can you say anything positive about Chattanooga whiskey? Uh, I've, a- <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I was yes. sipping on it last night. There you go. There you and go. It was do you, making me. Do you like it with just an ice cube in there? How do you, how do you take your whiskey? Uh yeah, like a couple ice cubes, I guess. Well, not I've kind of gotten that. into it a little bit, like learned about kind of. What kind no, of brings out the flavors and all that? Brilliant. Chattanooga whiskey okay, is known. Mini Brendan. All right. The other, the other sponsor, and we're going to play a little bit of Bias Sanone later. Um, I asked the board for some questions. It's all going to be about Colin Fox. We're going to do our best to answer those. Uh, but the Turner Group, um, shout them out. If you're a parent out there, I don't want to say a certain defensive end from Maryland's mom or so. If you know, if you're looking for a house down here in, in Tallahassee, <laughs> shout out the Turner Group. I mean, they, they maybe they can hook you up there or find something nice for you. So, if you if you do need a house or want to want to get a place in Tallahassee, look up the Turner Group. They got a really cool IG page. They're always posting cool pics on there and stuff. Look them up. Get on there. Get in touch with them. They'll hook you up. All right. Enough of this mumbo jumbo. People want to be. People want to know about the visitors from this weekend. Let's talk about the guys who are on the committed list, the commitment list, and then we will go to the juicy details. Let's start out with the five-star tight end, Landon Thomas, out of Colquitt County. He was here for an OV. These two are these two are laughing in the background. I don't know what's going on here. This is one of the comments that made me die. No. <laughs> Zach the Riz King. Yes, he is. Tell me, tell me about tell me about Landon Thomas. How did his official visit go? Is he still a five star commitment on this committed list? What's the deal? Yeah. Um, everything went well. This was his third visit to Florida State in June, and he <laughs> he, um, <laughs> he had to go, or he had a great like visit. And you know, this was about getting to like spend time with a bunch of the commits, um, and also all the uncommitted guys on campus. He did a great job at recruiting some of those guys. It's clear he's he's locked in with FSU. Last time I spoke to him, like earlier in the month, <laughs> Dane can't control himself. <laughs> um he he said that uh fsu you know is like the only school that he still really talks to like other schools are still hitting him up but he but he's not hitting them back up so i feel really good about you know his commitment status he said he's going to be back at the end of july and then he'll also be back for a bunch of games during the season since he lives only like an hour away any interesting details who was who his host was any any interesting details from his visit i mean um yeah, I have to. I honestly, because we got fourteen visitors, I kind of forgot yeah, um, some of the sure. hosts. But I yep. think he was around Hiking Williams a lot over the weekend. Um, those two spent a lot of time together, and obviously, yeah. like he's uh, friends with Kylan Fox, another visitor that we'll right. get into later. They spent a lot of time together on the weekend. So um, there was a large group of prospects on campus. So there were a large a group of current yeah. football players. So they're all kind of hanging out. So yeah, uh, Hakeem went live on his on his IG page. Uh, I think it was Friday night, mm-hmm. and yeah, he was he was at the photo shoot for Landon and Colin Fox. So I thought that was interesting. Um, yeah. Obviously, those are two guys that are built like wide receivers or built like tight ends, but can play ball like wide receivers. So just kind of cool that he was hanging around those guys, being a big time recruiter. Yeah. Uh, let's move forward. I think we'll save him for last. Uh, how about Cameron Fryer? Uh, four star. 
out of Columbia. Um, I mean, this is, I don't want to, I don't want to poo poo on, you know, on him as a visitor, but this one's kind of over and done with. And, you know, I mean, let's give some details, let's give him some love, but people want the juice. There, I will, uh, I mean, no, yeah, he, he is probably about as locked in as there is uh, for a guy committed in this class. But he was pretty insightful when I spoke to him. Um, he mentioned that the only school – I mean, he said a lot of really cool things, actually. He talked about how uh, a lot of guys on the visit, like coaches like uh, Ron Dugans and like his dad and other noteworthy guys have – how they, like, compared – uh, Mike Norvell to Bobby Bowden in certain ways and stuff, which I think is really cool. Um, he said a lot of insightful stuff. It was nice. It's actually, mm-hmm. it's a good interview that I recommend go, going to watch. It's like nine and a half minutes. But um, but he did mention that the only school really in contact with him still outside of Florida State is Alabama. Which and is they want, yeah, they want to get him in for an OB. And he said he doesn't know if he's going to take that. And he seemed very candid and very genuine. Um, and he kind of implied like, this visit kind of, you know, swayed him maybe farther, further from taking that visit, but you know, mm-hmm. he doesn't know if he's going to take it or not, but, uh, it, yeah, it was interesting. Was it was interesting throughout the weekend. There was some different conversation on the, on the message board, uh, over at Knowles 24 seven, please be sure to go check that out. I believe it's still 50% off right now. Uh, yep. running that deal. Uh, I'm not sure exactly when that ends, but get over there, get, take advantage of that. Uh, we just had a big time month last month. Um, so we would love for you to join in. But uh, anyway, I was having a conversation with somebody on the message board and they were describing the wide receiver commitments as just guys right now. And I was blown away. And it, I think it continues to make my point that if Alabama is all over Camden Fryer and trying to get him in to officially visit, they don't recruit just guys. They recruit stud players and, I think it speaks to the caliber of player that uh, Camden Fryer is thought to be by some around the country, and I tend to agree. I mean, he's a really good football player. I don't, I didn't mean to downplay his commitment, obviously, but he's a guy that's been locked in for a while, and I think that we're all pretty confident he's going to stay there. Yeah. Um, moving forward, this was one that caught me by surprise because he apparently took a surprise official visit this past month, uh, or was a surprise to me anyway, and that's C.J. Hurd out of Woodward Academy. Yeah. Um, the, the safety prospect. Do we even know where he OV? Like, what's what's that about? Yeah, I mean, he. I got him exclusively on the phone um, after the visit, and okay. he basically told me that, like, he's been consistent in not wanting to share the other schools that are involved with him. He's told me in the past, like, a group of schools that had still talked to him, which was like Michigan, Miami, um, and a few other programs, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, he didn't. He said he took one other OB in June, and then he has another one scheduled for December. I'm not sure, you know, where exactly those places are. I think it might have been one of the the schools that I mentioned. Um, yeah, and I'm, he has a bunch of other offers, so it could be a, a number of other programs as well. But I mean, he said all the right things about Florida State. Um, mm-hmm. You you track his social media activity, and it's all pro FSU. Um, He's a little bit of a different kid. Like he doesn't, he, he's not wired like the same way as, as most guys. Um, so I think he, you know, he's kind of just going to run his recruitment the way he wants to. And, and, you know, we'll see how things play out, but, but I think he's, you know, pretty solid to FSU as, as things stand right now. Is he a priority for FSU still? He is definitely a guy that they want to keep in the class as of right now. Yeah. I think immediately when people start thinking about his recruitment, they think, well, maybe maybe Florida State doesn't want him as bad as they did at some point. I mean, I, yeah, I don't think that that's the case. I think he's, yeah. no, he's, he's the guy they want in this class. Everybody knows they're hurting for defensive prospects anyway. Yeah. So, no, he's you know. a, so he, he outlined that, you know, obviously they're not the same player at all, but he mentioned right. that FSU was saying that he could be a, a Jamie Robinson mm-hmm. type role in their defense where he can, you know, drop back into coverage, play in the box. Um, he does do a lot of that on his film. Like, he, he comes downhill yeah. a decent amount. And I yeah. think that's kind of – I think he's he's an Adam Fuller guy. Like, I think mm-hmm. Fuller really likes him. And I think head coach Mike Norvell really likes him too. Um, I, I think he's a guy that, that Norvell's liked from the very start of his recruitment. Yeah, Heard obviously grew up rooting for FSU. Um, he's a big FSU fan. And also there's a tie-in with Heard to some of the other guys that – 
um, in that area in the state mm-hmm. of Georgia where he plays. Like he's really close with KJ Bolden um, and some of the other guys that FSU is recruiting up there near Atlanta. So I think that's also plays a role in why FSU definitely wants to keep him in the class. Yeah, and I think it's important to note, too, this wasn't the only visit he took to Florida State in June. He was here for the elite camp, right? Uh, for a seven on seven. Yeah, seven on seven. So he, yeah. he's been here at least one other time this month. Um, yeah. So I guess one to monitor, but probably a guy that if they do the right things, we'll keep him around. Um, all right, yeah, we'll keep him for last. So the next one is the mystery man, Tawaski Abrams out of Dunbar. Everybody – I don't know if the fan base is losing their minds over this kid, whether they want him or not, because he's showing interest in other schools. Is he committed? Is he not committed? It sounded like from the interview that he's committed, but he's going to keep on looking around. And I would, I would offer you go to the Knowles 24 seven YouTube page and check that interview out and be sure to like that video. If you do go check it out, but what's the latest with Abrams? Is he part of this class? Is he in or is he out? Yeah, I mean, he's saying that he's in right now. Um, to me, I think this is a recruitment that if you don't get him to shut his recruitment down, then it doesn't make sense for both sides to continue, you know, working yeah. the way they are. Um, because, you know, he's a guy that obviously committed to Florida State back in January and didn't step uh, foot back on campus right. until his official visit. So, like, you know, and, and it's it's not like he didn't go anywhere, right? Like he went to right. Colorado for an unofficial visit. He went to Florida multiple times for unofficials. I think he, he officialed the Texas A&M and to UF this month. So to me, it's one of those deals where FSU is recruiting a bunch of receivers and we're going to get into, you know, how they're doing with some of those guys that were on campus this weekend. Mm-hmm. They already have three other guys besides Abram committed in their class. So, you know, I want, I'm really interested to see where this recruitment goes. I could see, you know, splitting a ways or I could see him sticking in the class. Um, I think it's yeah. really up in the air. Um, but to me, I, I think FSU should be monitoring it and and trying to, you know, see whether he's going to shut down his recruitment or not, because if not, then like I said, I don't think it makes a whole lot of sense for both sides to, to, you know, remain committed to each other. Right. Um, with all yeah. the other options on the board for both sides. Cause he, he obviously took two OVs in June besides FSU and FSU mm-hmm. has a bunch of other options at receiver. Right. Yeah. I mean, that board is deep. They've potentially yeah. going to be adding a couple more guys. We're going to talk about them a little bit later. That speed's different, though. And he's a different type than the other guys that they're recruiting. True. Do you do you know what happened in Colorado? That he, he mentioned that on his <laughs> on his interview today. And I just I know, it got a little yeah. awkward. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that was a weird like clip. Like Chris asked, like, be, just yeah. following up on on Colorado because that was mm-hmm. a place that he unofficially visited, right. like asking if he's going to OV there, and and he said no, like definitely not. So I assume he just didn't like it out yeah. there. Um, I know some some recruits have said similar that attended that spring game as well. <laughs> Interesting. We're gonna get all um, the Colorado fans up and up in air. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with you, though. It, it seems like, and, and Dana, I'd like your thoughts. I mean, d- does it make sense to continue recruiting him if he's going to continue to show all this love to, I mean, specifically Florida? I mean, that's kind of the other school that's been really in play with him. He's yeah. he's certainly been showing them a lot of love on, on, on Insta or, uh, you know, via social media and whatnot. Do you think it makes sense to continue to be kind of all in invested in him, Dean? Yeah, I think um, I think it'd be different if if you you felt like you really needed him in this class, but I feel mm-hmm. like you have like a really good kind of stable of of what appears to be options at this point. And a, a lot of guys that are kind of similar to Abrams, or at least some like a like maybe a Zion Reagans who you feel pretty comfortable with, and that's something yeah. obviously we'll get into. But um, or other guys that you already have committed, kind of like a I don't know. There's some similarities you can make with like a BJ Gibson. Um, but yeah, I I agree with Zach in that you don't really, you probably don't really need to keep this going if it is going to be open. If if you feel you're in a good position with the other guys who you feel similarly confident and like in their ability, if that makes sense. Moving forward, last committed guy that was on campus. Well, he wasn't. That was on campus for an official visit. I guess Cam Davis showed up on Saturday, correct? That was yeah. that was made aware. Yeah. So unofficially, yeah. I think that that speaks volumes. Um, not that we're worried about his commitment status, but that he's continuing to show up and he's showing up and doing the the, the part as a recruiter. 
but the last, I guess he's probably the main recruiter of the weekend. Um, and his interview, as always, was incredible. Luke Kermenhawk. Zach, did you get to talk to Luke, or was that Chris? I jumped in for the, the final part of it. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I, I read through the quotes and stuff. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah. the most noteworthy quotes in the headline on Knowles 24-7 right now, Luke said, I feel like some good news is com- going to be coming in the next couple of days. So it seems like he's gotten word of, of FSU get landing some commitments this weekend. Um, and, and that, you know, obviously he's not going to ruin any, any guy's moment, but, um, he pretty much right. sees that, you know, some good news could be coming uh, in the near future. That, that That's impossible because I was told that there will be no good news for this, for this program and this recruiting cycle that we're done and we're screwed forever. A kid, because Holy moly, you guys are miserable this weekend. <laughs> No doubt. Luke at one point was attached to John Daniels, correct? Yes. Um, that, that, he walked in alongside John Daniels uh, on the second day, I think, and they were, you know, laughing and, and um, as they arrived at the Moore Center. So Luke's a great uh, recruiter because he can talk to anyone. Um, and, and one thing that yeah. he made a priority this weekend was connecting his parents with a bunch of other recruits' parents. So I know, like, he connected his parents with like James Madison's parents who we'll get into in a little bit, the four-star receiver out of St. Thomas. Um, They're already close with uh, Cam Davis's mom, like his mom and Cam Davis's mom are Mm -hmm. very close. He's close with Camden Fryer's family. And they, so when recruits go out with their player hosts um, after like the, the day of uh, visit activities, the parents all meet up for a social with the coaches every night Mm -hmm. um, up on like a rooftop bar and that's kind of where they all get to mingle. And I think Luke did a good job of kind of facilitating those relationships throughout the day so that those family members could get closer between, you know, each of the prospects. That 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 really jumped out to me. He he was really trying to hammer home his family, connecting with other families. You don't hear a lot of that. I think that that's, that's what's really special about him. He gets it. We're going to do a show crystal ball right now. Old slappy himself. He's going to drop Gosh. some balls in here. We're going to let it. We're going to make sure he keeps it mature because, well, it's Brendan. Brendan. Oh, <laughs> Brendan. <laughs> Brendan. Oh, we're already off the rails. Drop your balls. Let's go. I'm going to drop my balls. I'm not going to be as sizable as Dane's droppings. <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> I'm going to join the trend. I'm going to go with the confidence rating of nine on this. Adding a crystal ball for Florida State for offensive tackle Jonathan Daniels. Do you, wow, do you, so original. Do you, yeah, do you believe? Wow. Do you believe in the measurements? That he's six three two eighty. Yeah, yeah. Well, that he's six over six foot three and not six two and five eights or whatever. I mean, six four in the dot. There's so a photo that Luke Cromanhawk tweeted out, like that we had taken, and and Luke is a legit six four and. And Jonathan was definitely taller than him. So, I, for the record, I have some yeah. speculation on that picture. If we're there was an angle, rails, there was an I'm angle pretty sure Luke was we're not standing off theory. the curb, and Dan there, Daniels was on. There was a little, there was a little angle working there. Mm. Okay, I'm gonna go because I know Dane's gonna start doing angles and computer <laughs> film or whatever it is, uh, and wrist size. I want to go before I, I want to be have plausible deniability. Th- thanks for really Dane. jumping in there with a bold one, Brendan. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Sure. But a nine. Not Didn't like even make it a ten. I don't want to ruin it. You know what I mean? It's not, yeah, it's a prediction. All right. Bye. Bye. I do want to have an interesting conversation because a, a an interesting question just got dropped here, and I. And I I didn't get to have this conversation with you guys on the last OTB about it. And I, I, I feel like it's relevant before we jump into, oh my God, they are killing you, Dane. They are killing you. I'm telling you, I needed to fix my lighting. It's what I was, I look like a ghost. I'm not this pale. I'm really not. I'm not. All right. All right. All right. I think it's, I think it's a legit conversation to have. It is at the forefront of everybody's mind right now. <laughs> Zach just saw it. What is the most unreasonable complaint? And let's start with that one. What is the most unreasonable complaint that fans have about our recruiting as of June 25th? That Zach, it, you're the it, expert. Tell us it, that if they're not getting commits right at this instant, that the, the recruiting class is going to be awful. Like, I'm sorry. Like, if you think winning June is like how you win a recruiting class and like bring in talented players to your roster, that's just like not true. Like, 
getting good prospects on campus consistently um, and, and, you know, making strong impressions on those prospects throughout the month of June is important, but landing their commitments right now with months to go until signing day, FSU fans should know that it's not of importance to land early commitments. It's of importance to sign those commitments, right? So, you know, for me, that's the most unreasonable complaint. I think the most reasonable complaint to me is people criticizing D-line recruiting. So like edge, interior D-line, and then linebacker recruiting. I think those are three reasonable complaints for Florida State fans right now because I don't think those three positions are being recruited to the level they should be at FSU considering, you know, we're coming off a 10-3 and season. They have all this success along the D-line. They've produced, you know, quality linebackers within this scheme over the past year or so. Um, and I think, um, yeah, that's a reasonable complaint. And that's a complaint that I probably have as well. Yeah. I would say my most unreasonable is that everybody is expecting everything to happen right now. They want that instantaneous. This is a group that's shown that they play the long game and the majority of commitment or in the majority of recruitments that they're always going to play the long game. They're going to try to build momentum at various various points of, of uh, significance. I think we're going to see some of that playing out here pretty soon. Um, I, I just saw a lot of the hoopla over. There wasn't a commitment today. Woe was me that that was real, uh, you know, unrealistic and ridiculous. The most reasonable, I tend to agree with you. And it really, it's, it, it, I don't agree with you about linebacker just because I, I think that you can portal that position anytime you want. It's never going to be an issue. Um, but DN for me specifically, because it's such an impact position on the football field, the misses there have stacked up year over year now. It the boards three or maybe three, maybe four guys for this season. It's just not enough. There's too many good defensive end bodies out there that you should be in on yeah. and you should be pursuing and building out. Dane, do you have any anything you want to add? Most re- unreasonable complaint and most reasonable complaint fans have about our recruiting as of June 25th. I think the most reasonable is definitely the defensive line specifically recruiting. Um like nothing really to add there. Yeah, I I get it. Like that's there's yeah. there's issues there. Yeah. Um, most most unreasonable, and Zach probably mentioned this while I was like trying to figure out how to look at the YouTube comments because I haven't been able to. And I'm <laughs> laughing about those, but um, but how? Yeah. Um, how the commitments haven't been coming in, and how it feels like FSU's losing so much momentum on the trail when it at the point when all this was happening was like June 20th, June 21st, when all this was like unraveling. And that is of course, you know, right before your huge weekend, when it probably is going to look like you have no momentum because you've had a whole, a whole month of the schools that you're actually worried about doing well by design, you know, and FSU hasn't yet by design. So, yeah. I just think it's an interesting conversation. I think it's a, like I said earlier, it's at the forefront of everybody's thoughts and minds right now. And I, I think it's good to talk about it and kind of get it out there. Cause I think sometimes people think, Oh, we're defending specific people or whatnot. No, that's not the case. No, we have thoughts and opinions on all this stuff. Zach and Dane are there literally every time a commit or a recruit is on campus, they're there around all these guys. They get to see everything that's going on. I, I think it's good insight. Um, all right. So for the uncommitted prospects, I'm going to jump around here a little bit. I have the list pulled up in front of me. I want to start with Zion Reagans because I thought that his interview was the most like, um, yeah, thanks for showing up. Like it just didn't jump out at me as a guy that maybe is all in on, on this uh, program. He, he listed the top three of Florida state, Oklahoma and Georgia, the other, Georgia. Um, who talked to him? What can you tell me about Zion Reagans? Yeah. Um, yeah. It was Chris that, that actually okay. talked to him, but I watched some of the video over and yeah, I kind of agree with you. Like he was the one interview that you didn't feel like super like amazing about FSU's position with him. And yeah. I haven't heard anything like afterwards after talk, like, you know, calling some sources that, you know, FSU's moved into the, the number one position for him, but he's kind of a like, a mystery man like i'm told like mm-hmm. he kind of just like he lines up his official visits like the week of like i think he did that with georgia as well yeah. and did the same thing with fsu and that's just kind of par for the course with him when i you know when i first got wind of the ov happening i was told like 
Oklahoma is like really in it for him. Um, and that's okay. probably like his definite leader at that point. Um, but there was still some question because he was taking the OB to Georgia and then obviously the FSU. So I want to, you know, learn some more after talking to some other people um, over the next like 24 hours or so about his recruitment. But I agree with you, AB. That was the one guy that, that, you know, after listening to the interview, it didn't sound like, you know, he's, he was on the verge of like committing or anything like that. To yeah. And, and you're not the first person to say that he he's one of those guys that doesn't give a lot away. Um, so yeah, well, I guess we'll see what happens w- w- with him as a prospect. Brendan, Brendan dropped an interesting note. I believe it was Friday, Friday evening um, about that, about that kind of scenario with he and Abrams being on campus at the same time that, it's not a coincidence that, that those two were there. There's very similar prospects that those two were there at the same time, maybe putting a little pressure on Abrams to say, hey, you need to lock this down or else we've got this other guy that does a lot of stuff very similar to you on campus right now. Um, get it figured out. So see where that one goes. Did, did he give a timeline for when he's making the decision? Um, I think he said like summer. Um, That's what so I thought too. It could be in like the next couple of weeks or so. So. I'll check in on that, obviously, and then and then update yeah. the uh, the site once I get more information. Yeah. Okay. Um, the next guy, he named them the leader. I thought it was big. His his big time linebacker brother was on campus with him. This is a guy I'm really high on. He's a four star out of Schley County. I hope I said that correctly. In Schley. Schley. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They think he's a corner, maybe a nickel. Uh, Jalewis Solomon. This, this is he's a big time uh he's a big time one for me so wh- what do we got on solomon any interesting facts from his uh from his visit oh the bookham bookham dano is going to tell me about it let's go this baby this is a guy i love yeah, it yeah i like solomon a lot too um and i think there is a lot of notable things outside of just him saying that and then outright naming fsu his leader like if he weren't if he didn't do that, I still would have thought that FSU is probably in the pole position after this, kind of just based on that interview, honestly. Um, I talked to him before his official visit, and he named – he kind of listed some things that he's really looking to see. And, you mm-hmm. know, that's a basic question you ask a lot of these guys, and they give you their basic answers and stuff. But I really – Chalouse is gen- generally a really genuine guy. And you can kind of tell what a uh, – Anyway, yeah, <laughs> I'm getting distracted again. But um, but anyway, so he named a lot of things beforehand. He talked about, you know, being comfortable is a thing he really wants to look for. He talked about, you know, having a relationship with the players, that sort of thing. And those are things that really matter mm-hmm. to him, but something that he really cared about and something that he specifically said would, you know, if he liked what he heard with this, it would it would knock out South Carolina as his top team and Florida State would be that team. And that was their plan for him and how to use him and, you know, whatever that could really mean, I think it's mostly in that and that how to how to use him. But um, Chris pretty explicitly asked about this, and he said, "Yeah, he he loved what he heard in that regard. He loved the plan that they had for him, um, which is partially at least uh, cornerback. You know, whether it's nickel or outside, mm-hmm. he can do both. We know AB that he's a guy that can definitely do that. I love his potential yeah. at nickel. Um, and they even said that, you know, he's a guy that." is a really productive wide receiver actually um kentucky Mm -hmm. is a school in that top five for him and they're they like him as a wide receiver they're recruiting him as a wide receiver but um but fsu told him that uh in order to get him get the ball in his hands they might even put him back at like punt return or kick return or something like that but um there's just a ton of positives and and auburn's recruiting him at wide receiver too correct no i that was wrong on that it was kentucky it was not auburn Okay. Well, either way, um, he's a prospect. It sounds like it sounds like it's up in the air for his uh, what his timeline is exactly. Summer, maybe into the season, in in visiting Auburn. Zach, you you have anything to add? Yeah, he said that he was originally trying to do it in July, and that still might occur. But he said it it might get pushed back to August or September due to his like talking to his mom about it, and he said uh, an in season OB to Auburn is like like what you said like a possibility so okay that's something to watch but fc is obviously going to try to close uh on him over the next like month or so and you you commented in, on the message board zach that you felt like fsu was in a pretty good spot do you still feel that way after talking to sources 
to Lewis. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think, I think FSU, I mean, he said it, he said they're his leader. So okay. yeah, after talking to sources, I feel pretty good there. Um, it's just about, you know, getting the close and, and not having him extend his recruitment all the way into the season. But, you know, there, if, if that's the case, like you know, FSU shouldn't have an issue getting him down for an in-season, you know, game visit or something like that. Right. Schley County is not far away from Tallahassee. It's like two and a half hours. So, Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to look and see. All right. We'll, we'll talk about uh, Mr. Danzy. Who, who spoke with Mr. Danzy today? That was Chris. Because okay. uh, Chris was manned outside of the, the Moore okay. Center while, while I was, you know, doing airport duty um, <laughs> in the morning. But uh, no, but Makai Danzy had, mm-hmm. had an amazing visit to Florida State. Um, he has never on record said, I think, that Florida State's his leader. Mm-hmm. He came out and said right away that FSU leads for him coming out of this OV. That's the only OV that he took in the month of June. Um, he told me before that, that Florida and Miami were looking to host him in December, but it doesn't look like he's going to wait to make his decision. Um, he said he wants to have a decision made by the end of the summer. I feel very, very good about FSU's chances. I was the first one to enter a crystal ball in favor of FSU for Makai Danzi, and I think um, I, I feel even more confident. Uh, in that yeah. crystal ball out of this visit. So that's obviously a big one. Christian Clark just uh, committed to Texas recently. Um, it, it was always kind of the two of them were, I don't want to say battling, but the two of them were, were going to, one of them was going to fit that, uh, that second running back role in, in this class. Danzy's a big time prospect from a lo- from local school. Uh, so it'd be nice to get him in the, in the fold. Um, do you think if he's locked in, do you think he's he's one of those guys that's kind of shut it down, or is he a player maybe we need to worry about with with some of these left in Florida and Miami specifically pushing for him? Yeah, I mean, I think if he commits, um, then he'd probably lock things down. You know, I'm never going to say never with recruiting, for sure. because, yep. Um, yep. you know, with official visits like still on the table and and guys taking um, able to take unlimited amount of yeah. official visits now, like. I mean, he could go anywhere, but um, but yeah, I think I'd feel pretty confident that he'd stick uh, with his commitment if he uh, pledged to FSU. Yeah, it feels like it feels like Florida State's been training in this one for a while, and yep. he's he's spent quite a. P- I thought it was very telling that he made it over to campus after the uh, track meet and then participated for the for the staff at the elite camp. That yep. that felt very telling to me. Yeah, about kind of where his recruitment is. Hundred percent. Yeah. All right, we're going to keep it rolling here. I don't want to talk about him. Let's talk about James Madison II, a four-star wide receiver out of St. Thomas Aquinas. I feel like the question of the day is, is he a take? Let's talk about his, let's talk about his uh, recruitment, his visit, and then is he a take? Yeah, so when you, you know when you talk about like a question like, is he a take, I think it matters when you ask it, right? Yeah. So it, it all depends on how the receiver board looks when he's trying to make his decision. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's ultimately what what it's going to come down to. Um, I think I think he is a take. Like I think FSU wants James Madison in their class. Yeah. Um, this is a guy that they've been recruiting for like over a year. Like yeah, I think a while, he, got, he, a while. Yeah, he got offered alongside his teammate Chance Robinson, who's mm-hmm. committed to Miami um, back in the summer of last year in Mike Norvell's office. And like ever since then, he's been a regular on campus. He visited FSU three times unofficially this year so far before the OV mm-hmm. and FSU gets him back for the last OV. Um, I talked to him afterwards. He was really tired. It was like 8am in the morning. So, <laughs> you know, wasn't super energetic to do the interview, but, but sure. I appreciate that he, that he did do it for us. Um, and, you know, he, he said all the right things, you know, he's not going to give too much away because he has the decision date set for just over a little over a week from now on July 4th. Um, that seems like a date that, that a lot of guys, or going to be announcing their decisions, which you know I'm not a huge fan of because um, mm-hmm. I think you get less uh, traction as if you're committing on a national holiday, yeah. and it also makes all the media members a little um, have, to, have to work on July 4th. Yeah, so um, <laughs> but I'm fine with it, right? It's a big moment, mm-hmm. so yeah, um, all good with me. But yeah, um, you know we have a full update with with Madison on the site. I think FSU lo- loves James Madison. He has a six foot eight wingspan, which is something that that impresses the staff a ton. Um, and a cool note: they they had Conrad Hussey, um, the oh, true cool. freshman safety who played at St. Thomas alongside James Madison last year, mm-hmm. post him on the OB. So he liked that touch. Um, and 
you know, like I said, um, this is going to come down to FSU, Louisville, and Missouri. I think we'll get more clarity on kind of where things stand in his recruitment over the next week or so. And then he'll announce, um, like I said, in just over a week on July 4th. Dane, have you, have you watched uh, Madison's tape at all? Yeah, I did a while back, honestly. I don't remember a ton. I remember thinking he was pretty fluid for a guy who's 6'3". And the, I think the biggest thing that stands out about him is he's a six foot eight wingspan. So yeah. he's kind of as capable of playing bigger than 6'3". There was a lot of conversation today about he and Elijah Moore, a player we're going to talk about. We'll just talk about him next. Um, why you would take both of them. They're very similar. They look very similar to, you know, build-wise. I likened a, a more to a more polished Kentron Portier, but I I feel like I feel like Madison's got a little more wiggle than people maybe think of for a player that size. Um, I I thought he reminded me more of like a Darion Williamson, which there's a there's a spot for both of the, that type of receiver in this offense. We know how Mike likes versatile players. They like you know a lot of a lot of different skill sets at the wide receiver position, or basically really the. Af- the offensive athlete position because he moved these guys around so much. I, I think that there's a spot for both of them. I think it makes a lot of sense to to take both both of them, and then you're going to kind of figure it out. Zach, do you think that they're treating wide receiver recruiting like they treated offensive line recruiting uh, um, two years ago? If you recall, they they basically took they had like six or seven offensive linemen committed at one point, and it was kind of said that. They're just going to let the chips fall where they may. They're going to get these guys in the boat and see who wants to be competitive and wants to to be in the class. Do you think that they're doing that with wide receiver? Because we're talking about July 4th potentially having six wide receivers committed. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a possibility. Um, and, you know, that's not like there's other guys that, that they're still searching yeah. for, right? Like JoJo Trader, Jeremiah mm-hmm. Smith, although that's, you know, a long shot, like, there are still guys that that would be takes regardless of how many yeah, can't exactly right like those there are top end receivers that FSU is going to play the long game with uh, I think that's a really good observation and, and a good connection that you made to kind of like a past uh, recruiting strategy by Alex Atkins um, when they were trying to load up kind of the depth of the FSU offensive line I think that's going to be similar to what FSU tries to do with the receiver room, right? You're, you're most likely going to lose Johnny Wilson and Keon Coleman mm-hmm. after the season. Yep. Because both of those guys are going to be, um, you know, if all goes well, top draft picks. And then, yeah. um, you know, you're going to have a lot of unproven guys coming into the room. You know, you hope that changes some with this year with guys maybe taking a step in development. Um, Kentron Portier can be, can move up a notch uh, next year. And then I think you're going to rely a lot of your depth. A lot of your depth is going to be relied upon with, you know, some of the true freshman guys. I'm not saying, you know, too deep, but like, you know, the the, the third stringers, fourth stringers uh, in your, on your roster are going to be sure. a lot of the true freshmen that come in. And I think that's what FSU is trying to do with this class because they could have uh, a decent amount of attrition at that position. Yeah. And, and I think it makes sense too from, I mean, two years ago, you didn't sign a single wide receiver. Um, yeah, out of high know, school. Yeah, out of high school, correct. So I think it's important that they're going to, to try to build that room up and, uh, and get bodies in here. I think it's important to note you get your floor in here, and I don't think any of these guys are floor-type prospects. I, I, I believe wholeheartedly these are the, the, the guys that they're recruiting are legitimate wide receiver talents. Um, yeah. And then you go big dog hunting. You see if Brian Hartline goes and takes a head coaching job and you know let the chips fall where they may with, with a Jeremiah Smith, a JoJo Trader who you have a crystal ball in for, and I believe, Dane, maybe you hinted that you feel confident about that crystal ball also on the message board this weekend. I'm just supporting You're making that, some waves. Man. I'm going to be honest. You were making some waves on the message board. Was that was a Chattanooga Whiskey uh, message board post? Hey, pot- potentially. <laughs> um, no, I was I was kind of given uh, some guys that would be noteworthy in like a, a, yeah. a, a realistically optimistic class. And I, mm-hmm. I threw JoJo in there. Yeah. I, I've heard good things about that recruitment. And I don't know anything about recruiting. I just know what Zach and Dane tell me. I know what I know. But anyway, I've heard good things about that one. I think that that's one that they're going to be until the very bitter end. And we're going to see what happens. So I'm curious to see where the number falls uh, at at wide receiver. Because you know what? I think we're going to change it up. I think we're going to talk about this guy now. Because everybody wants to freaking talk about him. We're going to talk about Kylan Fox. There's a lot of hoopla around him, and, and yes, Chris Thompson may be his um, main recruiter, but 
but he's a wide receiver in my book. Um, he, he's a big, he's a big wide receiver. Zach, for what you can talk about, what went down with Kylan Fox? There's a lot of rumors out there. We are not going to deal in rumors here. We're going to try to deal in facts the best that we can and give the most information that we can. Um, what's the deal with Kylan Fox? Long thought to be a Florida State lean, and now he's – I guess people are liking UCF stuff. I don't know. What, what the hell is going on? Yeah, so I think the visit went well with the kid himself, Kylan Fox. Um, you know, I think he enjoyed his time. He spent a lot of time with, you know, obviously Landon Thomas, like I talked about earlier, Luke Cromenhawk, all the other guys on campus. Um, you know, he had a good time. Uh, I think there was some things that occurred on the visit that may have rubbed, you know, some of the people surrounding Fox the wrong way. Um, and I don't think this is of the fault of the FSU staff, really, in my opinion. Um, I think this is something that was blown a, a bit out of proportion. Um I'm being honest. And I think, you know, we'll see, you know, for me, I have a crystal ball log for Kylan Fox to FSU. Um, that that was something I put in about you know two or three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I'm going to keep that crystal ball in. Um, I, I, you know, I'm not saying that I might not change it. Um, but for now, I'm just going to see how kind of things unfold coming out of the visit. Um, I think F- FSU is still in contact with Kylan Fox. He has a commitment date set for July 4th. Um, so we'll see if he uh, ends up, you know, making a difference or changing his mind. But right now it does seem like UCF has the momentum. Um, some other notes on this recruitment, right? Like mm-hmm. Kylan Fox is obviously, it, you know, whether he's coming in as a big receiver or tight end, like he's being recruited as a tight end um, for them as far as like roster um, yeah. yep. allocation. So yep. um, I think, uh, you know, Obviously, they have the number one tight in the country and in, in Landon Thomas committed to them right now. Um, and then UCF, you know, he'd be like the dude there. Um, so that's part of the draw to that school. And Gus Malzahn has done an amazing job, you know, recruiting him and his family as well. So not trying to discount their efforts, but um, I think sure. I, I'm just interested to see kind of the dialogue between FSU and Fox and, you know, the people surrounding his recruitment over the next week or so. Um, we'll see, you know, kind of where things stand uh, as his commitment date uh, approaches. But that's that's kind of all I wanted to address with with his recruitment. All right. So all the Twitter rumors out there, he is a take. Yes. They are recruiting him as a tight end. Yeah. He, he's not obsessed with being tight end one. He would be very cool coming in and playing with his buddy Landon Thomas. Correct. All right, so we're squashing all the all the Twitter rumors out there. For those of you that are feel like Zach is being vague, rewind 15 seconds or 30 seconds, re-listen to that, process it, you'll understand what's going on. This wasn't some massive screw-up. This wasn't, gosh, Mike Norvell and his staff can't recruit. Go back 30 seconds or whatever, re-listen to it. I feel like you'll get what Zach's putting down here. We're going to keep it moving because I don't want to spend a whole lot more time on that one. That one's given me enough of a headache today. Let's talk about Ty Helton or Hilton. Um, don't feel like not a lot of hoopla around him, but a prospect that they do like, an offensive lineman, so I really like the hell out of him. What, what's up with his recruitment? Is is he a take? Yes, he is a take. Um, FSU likes him a lot. Like I know like some people have questioned whether he would be a take um, over the past like month or so. I've been told he's a take since, like you know, like sometime in May um, when I asked about it. And I think that still remains the case. Um, FSU likes him a good amount. And he also took OVs to Florida, Miami, and Penn State in June. And I think FSU, you know, coming out of this visit, they sit in a really good spot for him. Um, That was one guy that I didn't uh, get a ton of info from, you know, straight from his interview. But after talking to some uh, sources, after the visit, um, I, I feel really good about where FSU stands for Ty Hilton. Nice. I don't know of uh, his commitment timeline. I know he said that um, he's closing in on a decision after the, the OV um, to Chris. He was one of the first guys to to mm-hmm. meet with Norvell and leave the facility this morning. Um, but, yeah, I think he could be making a decision within the next month or so. And I feel pretty good about FSU's chances if, if that's the case. That's good. This, this isn't a great offensive line class this year uh, yeah. specifically or specifically in the state of florida i think 
if you were able to land him. And he's an offensive tackle in their minds, correct? I believe so, yes. Yeah, yeah. So I think that would be good. That's a position you want to continue to hit in, in the high school ranks. Well, I guess we're going to – let's talk about the other offensive tackle because he was the last guy to leave the, the building, I believe. And that's Jonathan Daniels, the four-star. Um, there were two interesting developments. One, he got measured. What was that measurement? I was towards, told 6'4", 287 pounds. 6'4", 287 pounds. I was told 6'3", and, and, you know, some increment. Either way, he's growing. Um, there was, you know – that's been a lot of the that's been a lot of the standstill in some of his rankings. Um, I yeah, we'll see. We'll see if he gets the bump. It will help the it'll help the class ranking anyway, and that's all that people care about. Um, so Daniels, there people heard the the war chant playing when he was up in Norvell's office. It sounds like he's going to be popping pretty soon. He was on uh, he was on a, a, a social media. Uh, page asking for some edits so it sounds like he's getting ready to make a decision what is up with Jonathan Daniels is this big boy about to be a part of this class yeah I I mean I entered a crystal ball earlier today I think everything went extremely well with the visit Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he made a decision to commit to Florida State um, in the near future Um, I feel very confident about FSU's chances Um, and obviously our boy Brendan um, does too (laughs) Brendan, yeah, yeah, Mister Mister Nine Crystal Ball, and he's a guy who hasn't given like a a real definite timeline at any point in his recruitment too of when mm-hmm. he's going to make that decision. And and today on uh on Old Dane's droppings, you know, you would have seen that he said he was going to make that commitment pretty soon. Go read yeah. Dane's droppings right yeah. now. Yeah. Check out Dane's droppings. Dane, did you think of that name or did somebody give that to you? I got to know. <laughs> Well, there's a actually if if you were uh, lucky enough to see when it was first published, so actually I say this, I can say this, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, there's no problem. Okay, well I published it as Dane's dump, <laughs> and then Zach immediately when I said Zach, can you <laughs> can you pin my post like on the message board and stuff? I said it's you know it's Dane's dump. And he said Dane, you cannot do that. Change it now. And I said okay, I'll do Dane's droppings. Someone renamed their YouTube account. Over <laughs> I Brendan. saw that. Was Is that Brendan? It's like it's got to be Brendan's burner. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do go read Dane's droppings because it actually was fantastic insight into Jonathan Definitely. Daniels' uh, recruitment. Dane, do you have anything to add? To give us some of the feature from from Dane's droppings without giving it all away. A little tease. Yeah, a little tease, a little tickle. Yeah, he. I mean, he has a really good relationship with a lot of the coders on FSU staff. Alex Atkins, Mike Norvell. Um, he talks a lot about how you know every it's always the same with FSU. There's always that consistency there that mm-hmm. he really values. I think FSU's just led for a long time in this this visit. You know, if he wasn't already kind of over the edge with FSU, he is probably now, and that's, that's what's what's up. There were some concerns there. I mean, it seemed like maybe it was getting dicey for a bit. Georgia. LSU, but then he canceled the LSU visit. Um, but there was a lot of a lot of hoopla about Georgia maybe making a big push. I think it's very good to see after after what happened with Jason Zandamella this past week and past weekend and his commitment to USC and then Tite he committing to USC um, that yep. they were able to get Jonathan Daniels in Eric Pazzo. <laughs> you can go somewhere. Um, yeah, it was, it was important to get him in and get him potentially locked into the class. Um, that, that, that feels big for, for Alex Atkins, because I know he's being negative, negatively recruited pretty hard. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Okay. People are trying to say that he's, he's going to leave and, you know, that's a possibility for sure. Um, yeah. because he's a really attractive name in the coaching market and a lot of schools are going to, especially if FSU has a season, they're hoping to have a season. Um, they, you know, he's going to have a lot of opportunities after the year. Yeah. Well, but so will a lot of other coaches at some big time schools. So, um, exactly. I mean, yeah, I, you know, I think the, the one thing I will note, like, yes, like getting John Daniels is, is a great development. Um, if that happens and, and then, you know, if Ty Hilton happens, that's awesome too. I don't think FSU is like super upset if they don't go and land a massive 
offensive line haul this year. Um, right. We've talked about at length that they're not super in love with this class. Mm-hmm. And you have to remember they have a, a massive amount of offensive linemen actually on the roster numbers wise. Um, so if they continue to add O-linemen, um, especially yeah. high level ones, they might scare off some of the guys and, you know, maybe you could say that's good or whatever, because you're, you're over recruiting, um, you know, talent level wise, but mm-hmm. you want to also have that, that credibility of like, yo, we can develop our room and, and, um, you know, develop this, this roster um, and kind of sell that to recruits as well. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure that FSU, you know, is going to add a ton more offensive linemen besides, you know, some of the guys they may land in the near future. I actually heard an interesting bit today and, um, I don't think that Jason Zandamella recruitment's over with. I don't um, either. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they're going to fight like hell for that kid. Um, I think it's I think it's actually a good development that they did not use the OV for him this weekend, or that he did not take it because I, yeah, I think that's I think that's something that um, you can angle for for a late in the process kind of deal. Yeah, yeah. So Judd, that that's an interesting development to me. I didn't think they were going to give up on him, but. I mean, I was told pretty bluntly, like, that one's not over. So we'll see where that one goes. And, um, yeah, it would be nice to get Hilton and Daniels in the class. And then you can, like a lot of the trends are for them this this, this class, you can go whale hunting. You can go whale hunting with your South Florida guys in a, in a Zandamella and see where, see where things uh, finish up for you. Um, speaking of finishing up, we got two guys left. Elijah Moore. Four-star wide receiver, 6'4", 190 out of good counsel up in only Maryland. This one, I never watched his tape. I, I just, I mean, he was one of those guys. I'm like, eh, they're not going to. They've already got a bunch of dudes in the class. It's not a dude that you need, you know, that they're going to sign. They're going against Ohio State. That's the main competition. And Ohio State wants this young man. I mean, he's not a not take at their school for them. Tell me about more. And then maybe we'll talk about his game a little bit and kind of give some give some ideas of what they people can expect from him. Yeah, this was definitely the most surprising um, development of the weekend to me. Um, he came out of the, the Moore Center. I, I I was the one that interviewed him. I was like, you came into the visit saying multiple times that, that Ohio State was your leader. Like, has that changed? Like, what's the latest with your recruitment? And he flat out said that FSU's number one and that he had scheduled the commitment date for July 4th and to stay tuned. Um and if you watch the interview or, or read the quotes that I posted um, on the site, um, I mean, it's really uh, clear that FSU yeah. leads for him um, and they're in a really good spot uh, heading into his decision on the fourth. Um, you know, and I, and I, you know, people have questioned, oh, Ohio State didn't want him. You were right, maybe like they do, they would definitely take him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't know if they're, they're super upset right like sure. Ohio State like they're, they'll be fine yeah. um, <laughs> right. at that position but um, this is a guy that they did want to add to their class this is a guy they hosted for an OV earlier this month and that they led for for most of the month um, I think it's I think it's a great um, development for FSU I think FSU needs to get back in the DMV and we're going to talk about you know the mm-hmm. last guys also from the DMV um, and I think you know I made him the most important visitor of the weekend um, I think this is a good region for FSU to get back into they kind of you know they were they were landing some some high level talent here um, leading up to their championship uh, run yeah. in 2013, and I think that there was kind of a, a lull period where they didn't really recruit this area a ton, um, especially you know from the Tiger to early Norvell years. But I think this year they're kind of getting back up there. Um, Coach John Papuchis has some ties up there. Cool note: um, Elijah Moore actually said this during his interview. JP um, offered more his second scholarship back in eighth grade. Oh, dang. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So there's, he said that FSU has been recruiting him for all four years of his high school career. And now he, you know, uh, it lo- it's looking like FSU um, has a really good shot to land his commitment on the fourth. Don't call it a comeback for, for our boy JP. I'm just saying there's been a redemption tour every year. Maybe JP starts now. Um, Moore's a big, I mean, big, 50-50 ball, vertical threat. For those who haven't watched this tape, I, I would advise you to go do so. Um, that, that's a guy that can get down the field. Dane, have you watched this tape at all? Yeah, I like him a lot. Um, um, tell me. tell I, me. I haven't watched it in a little while, honestly. But, that's I, okay. yeah, that's, that's a dude with a big frame. He's got good feet for a guy with a bigger frame. 
Um, looks like he's got some route running chops, which I feel like is impressive for mm-hmm. being a bigger guy at that age too. I mean, definitely has the ball skills, plays with a lot of physicality, like plays with a lot of physicality as that jump ball guy, but he's got like, um, I remember he's got like special teams highlights of him getting down there on kickoff and, you know, yeah. playing yeah. the wood kind of thing. Um, yeah. He's a guy I like a lot. Yeah. Yeah. He, he seems to fit the, the Mike Norvell mold. The guy, if you put a tape on and a guy's got kickoff coverage on there and he's going down and making tackles, Mike Norvell's probably going to recruit you. Um, <laughs> it's just, he just loves those kind of guys. Um, yeah. So that's an interesting development for me. Do you think it maybe caught them by surprise too? the staff that is yeah i mean i don't know if they were expecting him to just go out and flat out like basically almost commit like in the the interview afterwards um and then set up that commitment date for the very near future on the fourth um but i'm sure they felt there was some positive dialogue going back and forth heading into the visit um that's probably why they wanted to host him and he's a guy that obviously did take an unofficial visit um this spring and i think they got some positive feedback after that one as well so he is a guy, he, he and uh, James Madison are very similar prospects. There's enough nuance and difference to their games that I think that both of them should and probably are takes. Um, and we'll, we'll, I'll be curious to see where the wide receiver room kind of lands when it's all said and done. Last prospect, Zach already kind of hinted at it. It was another prospect out of the DMV. It was Zach's number one prospect uh, on, or most important prospect on campus this weekend. That's defensive end D.D. Holmes. Look, I, I, I personally think I'm saving the best for last. I think this dude's going to blow up. Uh, he's got the frame, the footwork, the skill, the athleticism to be a big-time player. Did they do enough with your most important guy? I, You know, he didn't give away a ton in the interview. Um, he's not a talker. Note, yeah, he's not a talker. And I will note, we did interview him at around 5.45 <laughs> a.m. in the morning um, at the airport. So, this is a deal where, um, you know, not, you know, going to be an amazing interview. I would not have given a good interview as well at that time, right. um, yeah. probably even a worse job. So, um, you know, not faulting him at all, but, but yeah, he, he did give some good quotes about the weekend. I think the most, uh, the coolest note by far was what I put in the title of the story on Nelson four seven is that he spent a ton of time with Jared verse because he mm-hmm. was his player host the first night. Um, and, you know, as as we've talked about on here a ton, Jared Verse is one of the most charismatic players on the entire FSU roster. And just for him to have to be a player host is just so cool because he's he's you know one of the top defensive ends in all of college yeah. football heading into this season. And for any, you know, uh, prospective student athlete that's heading to a school that's considering you know how how did how does this school develop for to have that kind of um, guy in your ear um, to answer any questions you have about the program about the coaching staff? I think that was that was a great great move by FSU making him the the player host. I will note like I think FSU felt very similar to me with how important DD Holmes was um, on this visit. I, I've never seen this before, but um, Mike Norvell drove DD Holmes to the airport and. They had, you know, John Papuchas there, the defensive ends coach, and Corey Fuller, um, someone that, you know, former Seminole that works in FSU's, um, you know, player relations kind of deal um, on the mm-hmm. roster. And, you know, he was spending a lot of time with Didi Holmes and, and his family. So, yeah, I feel very good um, about FSU's chances with, with Holmes. Um, I think he's a mature, mature kid. He kind of mentioned this in, in the interview. He's not going to let, like, the visit high kind of, you know, lead him to a decision. He's going to go home, evaluate his options for real, go through all the schools. Um, you know, it's it's kind of FSU, um, and then you know some of the local schools like Maryland and Rutgers, and then um, a school like South Carolina where he also visited um, okay. in the month of June. But everything that I've heard after the visit from multiple sources has been super positive about how they feel um, that visit went and their chances with him moving forward. Um, he is not set a commitment date yet um you know we're, we're i was talking to him after the visit kind of seeing um, how he's planning to use that but he did say that um this is his last official visit and that he's going to be making a decision in the next couple of months um okay. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he made a decision um in july right. that'd be nice um all right let's play a little bit of byerson and then we're going to get out of here we're at an hour i want maybe 10 more minutes of your time i know you boys are tired zach you look like you've been through it today. 
<laughs> yeah, we're going to play a little bit of Byerson M brought to you by the Turner Group. Um, I'm going to try to keep these some of the better ones. Everybody wants to know about Kylan Fox. feel like we told what we could tell there. Yeah. If you can read between the lines, then you can. If you can't, sorry, Briley. Um, all right, let's see. Byers are known. We land two of three. Uh, and I feel like this is relevant because this young man was on campus for on Wednesday for a, a, a bit of an unofficial, and it seemed like a surprise to to some. Byers are known. We land two of three of D.D. Holmes, L.J. McRae, and Booker Pickett. Man, that's tough. Um, you know, right now I wouldn't predict McRae or Pickett in the class. Um, I feel like Booker Pickett's recruitment hasn't really started yet. Um, yeah, it feels he like taken, it. he hasn't taken any OBs, and that'll be an in-season deal. So, you know, I don't – I still think that Ohio State and maybe Miami are, are – big threats there because he has family ties to both of those programs. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think FSU is very much in that one. And it was a really good sign that they could get him on campus this week um, prior to the, the, the dead period um, coming up actually um, in a few hours. Um, And yeah. um, Also known that I don't think they land the other two guys right now. I think I would predict Holmes, but I'm not confident on McCray or, or Pickett at this time. Okay. Dane, you have a, you have any thoughts? Yeah, I would have known that too. I think if I'm trying to do math here or something, like I, I don't think, I don't think you have a better than fifty percent chance with Pickett or McRae. Definitely not McRae too. Um, although he he does plan to make his decision like after an FSU official visit in the season, so maybe FSU picks up momentum there. But right now, I definitely wouldn't predict him in the class. And Holmes isn't one hundred percent either. So yeah, yeah, two out of three seems steep. But I think it's a good question. It's not terribly far off. No, I, I think I think it's in the, the realm of possibility. For sure, it's going to be a fight for those last two, though. Um, it's going to be a fight for Dee Holmes, also. There, there's a lot. Yeah. Distance is a factor for that family and, and that young man's recruitment, and they're going to have to figure it out. I mean, they're going to have to make that family feel comfortable with him being that far away. Um, let's do another one, uh, Dean. We're going to start with you, Byersonoon, sponsored by the Turner Group. Florida State receives more than six verbal commits in the month of July. Oh, my God. Now you're going to make me look at the list. No. Um, come on. There's no list. Bye. No, I, I I really don't. Um, I mean, it's probably a good number. <laughs> we'll go by. No, I'm not, not looking at the number. list right now. That's okay. I'm working my way there. My laptop's slow. Zach, Zach is, Lynn, Zach is definitely it. listening because he's going to get held. He's going to get held to it. Yeah, I mean, uh, you want me to just go while Dane's uh, loading up? Yeah, this page? yeah, sure. Go ahead. Um, let me count this up. One, two. These are all guys that I think are are leaning FSU. One, two, three, four, five. Six. Yeah, I'll I'll buy that. I think they yeah. get more than six. Yeah, I think they fill out more most of their class um, by the end of July. While Dane's looking, before we before we move on to the next one, we're only going to do a couple more. What is your expectations? There was conversation about the end of the month of July, a elite camp type of deal. Do you know anything about that? Do you what What are your expectations for that? Is that going to be another twenty five class type of deal? Look to get some of these twenty fours on that maybe aren't in the aren't in the boat yet. Yeah, it'll be that. Um, it'll okay. be like a elite day kind of thing where they it'll be like that Saturday, I think of, okay. of that open week in July and they're going to bring in a bunch of their commits, you know, some 25 targets, some 24 targets that they can convince to come on campus. Cause I don't think a lot of uh, 24s will be on OBs that weekend. Although a ton of schools are, are going to try to convince 24s to get on their campuses that week. Cause it is yeah, the only open, be- open week of recruiting in July. Right. Um, and then there's another full month of dead period with August. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think uh, I think FSU is definitely going to try to make that a, a pretty big deal. Um, okay. That stuff's kind of died down a little bit just because, you know, a ton of guys make commitments uh, mm-hmm. before that week uh, in July. Um, but it'll still be – I'm sure there will be some influential visitors. I know some yeah. guys that have, have talked about the possibility of making that visit that are high on FSU's uh, recruiting board. So we'll see. Dane, do you have an answer? Yeah, it's an easy buy, I think. Just looking Ooh, down the list of targets. Easy Whoa, buy. Easy That's spicy. Buy. 
Once Dane get the once Dane get the crystal ball, I need Dane crystal balls put in. Yeah, we need to work on that. <laughs> All right, let's get a couple more. Uh, they are obsessed with Kylan Fox. Here, Byerson and sponsored by the Turner Group. You guys secretly discuss how neurotic some of the board are about recruiting in June. Bye. One hundred percent bye. <laughs> Some of you guys are insane, but we I complain about you all the time. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't just complain to us; he complains right to your face. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> hey, I'm here for all of it. Yeah. Um, uh, brought to you by the Turner Group. CJ Hurd is in this class come December. Ooh, that's a tough one. It's a better you know question what? than some people might think. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna snow that. I think right now, like ideal situation um he stays committed um i know i talked about earlier that i think he's solid mm-hmm. but i just there's some it feels a little weird with all the the visits going on and how he's keep kept his recruitment open um and fsu is about a i think land a ton of defensive back commits and they're still going to pursue a number of yeah. high level defensive backs um over the course of the season and into the uh, the winter months so you know I'm not saying I don't like, I think he's a take. Like, I think he's a guy that FSU would like to keep in the class and that Mike Norvell, like I said, likes a lot. Um, but I think there's a, a possibility that he finds another spot, um, you know, by signing day. I, yeah. I just think that's, there's a weird feeling to that recruitment to where mm-hmm, I, it, I wouldn't be, it wouldn't be surprising to me if, if he, you know, stepped back on his pledge or something. Yeah, like I'm going to, I'm going to send him that one also. Um, it just, I don't know. The whole vibe around that interview today was just weird. Uh, I listened to it. It just, I don't know, the, the secret official visit. And I'm sure the staff knew what was going on, but it just, yeah. the vibe around it was weird. I, I like him as a prospect. I hope they keep him in the class. I think he's one of those glue guys for your football team that's really important. Um, he'll, he'll be unheralded, but I think he's a prospect that's just a really good football player. So I'd rather see them keep him. Um, somebody asked how we feel on Lester. I still feel pretty good about that one. I think you boys would agree. Yeah. Let's get one more, then we're going to get out of here. Well, somebody's threatening me in the in the thread. Uh, okay, no, that one. Goodness, you guys are terrible at this. This is why Josh always said, "No, there aren't any more good ones." We're getting the hell out of here. Okay, for Zach, for Dane's droppings or Dane's dump today, as it as it was so affectionately called. Formally, please. Please get over if you formally. Please get over to Knowles twenty four seven. Check out all the incredible recruiting information from this weekend. There's a boatload of stuff pinned. Um, it was wild and chaotic. Zach, thank you for getting up at four forty five and going to get the exclusive with DD Holmes. What did Mike see you there in his Maybach? Yes, I said what's up to to them as I was leaving was, the airport <laughs> was he impressed you were there what, what's what's mike say to you when he sees you at 4 45 at the airport coming to interview a guy i don't Good think morning. anything surprises yeah um he's always <laughs> full of energy but uh i don't think any anything surprises them because we're kind of all over the place like i went to the hotel after that so um no it's it's all become normalized which feels a little bit weird but um yeah mm-hmm. well it's hats off to you for doing that dane hats off to you for that incredible piece on Jonathan Daniels. Thank you for dropping in here, dropping some scoop. Happy to have another dude that likes to watch film and talk film when we jump on these things. Of course. Dane Lowkey loves him some wrists. For Zach, for Dane, for myself. <laughs> Thank you for suffering through this. I hope you got all the answers you were looking for. Uh, peace. Thank you, guys.